This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. This podcast is supported by Gooder. If you are looking for some awesome sunglasses, cool styles, simple styles, crazy colors, simple colors, they have everything you might be looking for. And their sunglasses are affordable, they're functional, and they're fashionable. I bought myself a new pair of Gooder shades for the New York City Marathon. I wore purple sunglasses for that race. For the 5K in Chicago, I wore these bright yellow Gooders. I just love the fun colors and styles. I love to bring a little sass to my races. And so Gooder answers that. They also have the very classic styles and I wear those on a regular basis. So you all can go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another 15 and that'll get you 15% off your first order with them. That's gooder.com slash another Use the code ANOTHER15 for 15% off. Today's episode is with Jessica Wadachowicz. Jessica recently won the Twin Cities Marathon in a time of 2.33. She's having a great season of running right now. Uh, She partners with Tracksmith for running, but she also owns her own company. She is the media director at Peakside Media. And in this episode, we talk a lot about running, of course, but we also hear a lot about what she does for work and how she started her company. And uh, she's all in with her job. And I think it's so cool to hear about what life looks like. Because you know, when you start your own company, you're so passionate about it. But clearly, she's also so all in with running as well. Jessica ran for the Parkside Rangers in college. And uh, Jessica is a two-time Marathon Olympic Trials qualifier from 2020 and 2024. She also ran in the 10K and the Olympic trials in 2021. And she's gonna tell you about that experience and how she has come back in 2022 and had a really successful year. All right, friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes, uh, or you can also leave a rating on Spotify. That is a great way for new listeners to find us. And I'm always hoping to get this podcast into more ears so that new listeners can hopefully enjoy the show like you're doing right now. Uh, We do give away a pair of Gooder sunglasses once per month. Um, We're going to do that drawing next week for the month of November. So make sure you get your review in now for that. Thank you so much if you've already done that. Uh, All right, friends, please enjoy my conversation with Jessica. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Jessica Wadachowicz on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show and uh, congratulations on your win at the Twin Cities Marathon. Thank you. How did that feel, winning a marathon, breaking the tape at a marathon? Awesome. Completely different than my first marathon experience. So in Chicago, beyond grateful. Yeah, that one was just horrendous. I remember crossing the line and I'm like, why do people do this? <laughs> and so, to have the complete opposite side of the spectrum on this race, it was just, 
it was great. Amazing. Can't, you know, you can't trade that for the world kind of feeling. I think so many people can relate to that feeling at the finish of the first marathon. It's like, what did I just do? And why is this a thing? Yes, absolutely. Like, why did I just run that far? And I was in so much pain. And who knows if I'm signing up for another one? Yeah. How'd you talk yourself into that? What was the decision? Because there's always that, like, I'm never doing this again. And then time kind of slowly, like, masks how painful it actually was. And you get in the place where you're like, no, I want to do it. And I want to do it well. Exactly. I think it's the fact that I didn't do it well, that I had to at least give it one more go and have an honest, true effort and give it everything I have and then decide, hey, do I want to be a marathoner or not? Um, And so part of last year, I was having some health issues. So I really didn't know how between Chicago until Twin Cities, there were some periods where I'm like, I might step away from running because this is just miserable and I'm not enjoying it. And um, things just started to click. And I'm like, you know what, let's give it another go and complete 180s. Wow. It's just like one of those things that you never know. And that's a really hard place to be in when you compete at your level, like wondering, am I hanging this up right now? What's happening? Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially if you're in a rut for such a long time, it's hard to, I don't know, see the light at the end of the tunnel or, you know, whether it's due to injuries or health related stuff or just mental aspects of things. It's, it's hard sometimes. What was it? Like, what was it that turned it all around? So, um, time and, um, just amazing doctors as well. So I ended up getting COVID weeks before the track trials for the 10K, which explains why I did horribly. Um, I still wouldn't trade it for a world mm-hmm. being there and everything, but um, my, my body just did not have it. And I ended up being diagnosed with exercise-induced laryngeal obstruction. So when I'm exercising, it closes up a small percentage. Wow. But enough enough to restrict like 25% of the airflow coming in. So for a long time, it was like, okay, is this going to get better? What do we need to do? And really came down to breathing exercises, um, working on the vocal cords and everything. So, but it was a long time. Um, And I think I jumped into the Chicago marathon too soon, kind of hoping like, oh, I'll be fine. Just didn't go well. And just having the right people behind me since then and just hoping things would get better. And they did. It's just been a long road to get here. Yeah. It's a lot of patience. Like, and I feel like with injury or sickness or anything that you're coming back from, it's like the patience game because you just don't know, you don't know when it's going to get better. You don't know when it's going to take a turn. And so I mean, it's similar to anything in life, anything where you don't know, where you're just like in that waiting period is really hard to walk through. It really is. It really is. And I've never been so low ever in my sport. Like even mentally, I was just like, you know, I'd go out for an easy run and it just felt like I was running a threshold and I'm running like 830 pace, you know, but the effort was just, it was rough for a while. And then who, who helped you get through that? You had amazing doctors. Like who were you talking to during that time? 
so at that time, I, my coach, Julie Benson at that time, she recommended that I go up to national Jewish and, um, they're like the leading respiratory center here in the U S. So the whole experience with their team was just phenomenal. So I can't recommend them enough. Yeah. So Julie Benson, you mentioned, did she coach you to twin cities? No. So this summer, even though, so my health was getting better, but I was just still mentally in a rut because a lot of my training I do alone. But as of recent, I've had a couple guys that I run with and we used to have a group of girls. We had a team down here called CSTC. Um, but after the trials, it kind of um, dissolved. And Julie was the head, head coach of that, but remotely. So when it was just me training on my own for a long time, um, that aspect, I just needed something to change. And um, I'm currently being coached locally by Mark Mish. And um, I love Julie and I miss her a ton, but I just needed a coach here in person to see the work that I'm doing. And um, I don't know, I was just at that point in my career that I needed something different. Yeah. So 233.09, tell us like what your goals were going into that marathon and and how you feel about the experience. The experience was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal, honestly, it sounds cheesy, but I just wanted a good experience. Like I wanted a good race. Um, when I ran Chicago two miles in, I'm like, okay, this is going to be rough. (laughs) So my coach was like, okay, well the race doesn't start till, you know, mile 19, 20. And I'm like, okay, well, I hope I feel good (laughs) until that point because I didn't the first time. Um, so honestly, my goal was to just run, stay feeling comfortable in the 550 pace range and give or take, you know, two seconds one way or another. And it's pretty much what I ended up running. And once we hit about mile 20 to just start working and picking people off, and that's kind of exactly what happened. So it was perfectly executed, (laughs) I would say. (laughs) What place were you in? Like at mile 20? Like, did you, were you close to the lead? No, um, I didn't see them until a couple of the girls started falling off at that point. I think I was about fifth or sixth. I don't even know. Um, But once the lead group kind of took off from the beginning, I just, after a couple miles, I never saw them until the end, about mile 20, 21. I started picking off a couple of the women. And then um, it was at like before mile 23, I'm like, oh, the last two women are right, like, right there and you know and then Kim Conley was leading at that point and I'm like okay I'm I'm making some ground here like I I think this might happen you know I might win this thing so um I felt great too like you looked so happy I (laughs) I was trying to honestly just enjoy the whole thing and I was a little bit of shock too I'm like okay like I'm actually doing this I'm winning you know or at least leading, um, at that point and, um, just enjoying it really. I, I know awesome. I keep saying that, but it was kind of that simple and compete. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a resounding theme I hear a lot on this podcast is if you're to perform well, you have to find a way to enjoy it, even though it's really hard. <laughs> you're obviously working yeah. very, very hard in those moments. Um, so this is your second trials qualifier. You ran your twi- trials qualifier for the 10K for 2020 and yeah. talked about that experience. So now you're a trials qualifier for the marathon. How does that feel? Yeah, good. Um, I qualified in 2020 for the marathon trials, but oh, I half, decided right? not to run them. Yeah, through the half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't ready to move up to the marathon at that point. And I wanted to focus on the 10K and then COVID happened anyways. Um, so that derailed for a year, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, it's super exciting um, to have that checked off and not worry about it. Um, well, you have a you have a really full life outside of running. You have your own media company. Tell us about that. So yeah, I do photo video, and um, it's a team of me and my boyfriend. We started it right before COVID hit, actually. Okay, but prior to that. Um, We've had a long history of shooting weddings and commercial stuff. And when COVID hit, the world stopped, right? And everything kind of fell off our books. And so we ended up pivoting towards real estate at that time because that was the one thing that didn't stop and it kept going. And, you know, virtual tours became even more relevant and, um, the whole nine yards. So now between shooting photos, video, 360, um, drone, the whole nine yards, uh, we do all that. And we've been pretty successful and lucky to, you know, have started in the luxury side of real estate here in the Springs and it's been going well. And that's become predominantly our business. I mean, we still shoot, weddings by referrals and stuff and corporate stuff. But um, yeah, it's fun. That is so cool. I, I just, I love hearing about the entrepreneur side of things and like saying like, hey, we can go in and do this. Like we can make this an actual business that is ours and also create what I would assume is your own schedule and timeline and, and things like that. Kind of. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> if an agent calls you, and they're like, hey, I need tomorrow at 12 p.m. Is it available or whatever it is? And um, you have to be pretty flexible and make sure you can accommodate all your agents that you're working for. Because if you don't, they'll just go to the, ne- the next person. Right. right? Uh, so in a sense, like, yes, I can block off some of my mornings for like a workout or whatever. But then the rest of my days, it's like just bouncing around trying to fill in everybody's needs and what they, when are they going live? You know, like when, or when do they want to get to market? You know, so that's a big constraint on how we can try to shuffle people around and make it work for everyone. Um, but yes, agents are very demanding. <laughs> oh, I mean, seriously, I can't imagine being a real estate agent though. Talk about having to work all the time at the weirdest hours. I mean, weird openings in your day as well, but like having to write a proposal at like 10 PM on a Thursday or whatever, like 
no way, no how could I do it. So hats off to all you real estate agents out there. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. And on the flip side of that, right, we get home and we're editing at night trying to turn things over yes. for them. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting. It's a demand, demand, demand. Field. Like, yeah. The client is demanding the from the agent. The agent yeah. is demanding to you. And it's like a constant cycle there. Yeah, everybody's just in a rush and needs things done. And it's just this constant sense of urgency. <laughs> and luxury real estate. Like, how did you even think to pivot that way? Well, so we were shooting quite a bit of like commercial videos for some agents. And then eventually they gave us the shot to shoot some of their listings is how it happened. And we just took the, you know, I would say there's a sense of like luxury to shooting a wedding, right? Oh, yeah. Because you're not only doing the event itself, but, you know, you're shooting portraits, you're shooting, you know, everything. It's like kind of the decathlete of the photography world, right? And so we took a luxury approach towards the way we shot real estate. Um, and that's how we grew our business really. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. Are you coaching still too? No. no. Okay. Tell us about that part of your life though. When did you coach and what was that like? So that was more so when I first, um, got out of college, I was an assistant coach over at Parkside where I graduated and um, I kept that up for a little bit. I always wanted to go back to some degree and coach, but it just, with the work demands and my own running demands, I just can't fit that in currently in my life. Because um, this business alone is just really demanding. Yeah, you mentioned, you're like, don't ask me what best, most recent book I've read. I don't have time to read right now. Are you working like 60 hours a week? Yeah, probably give or take depending on the week. And, um, sometimes we're even shooting on weekends. If you know, you have an agent that they need a weekend shot, then it spills over. And, um, during the summer we shoot a lot of twilight listings. So you get like the really nice glow through the windows mm. and, just a different ambiance for the photo. And then our work days are until like 930 and you're already starting early. And, but I'm, I'm so thrilled for daylight savings. Like <laughs> I'm probably one of the few people that like really look forward to it because my work days are shorter. Like uh -huh. I still go home and edit and do anything that needs to be done here, but I don't need to be out there yeah. on my feet running around houses and shooting. So so it's nice. <laughs> like, were you and your boyfriend independently, like separately interested in shooting and, and video or did one of you like get the other one interested? We both independently were interested. Um, he's been shooting for a lot longer than I have. So I've always had an interest in it. And when we first started dating, I um, started to assist him on a lot of his shoots and then um I guess eventually just made my own company <laughs> <laughs> so but it's really a team effort with both of us yeah how did you guys meet um we went to the same college okay did he run in college 
Yes. Um, he was a decathlete for a couple years. Oh, cool, cool. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about Koros. If you are in the market for a GPS watch, this is what I've been wearing since 2018. I've got the same watch I got in 2018. It works so well. It's so user-friendly, easy to program workouts, get your splits done, and it's very sleek looking. I really like how my Koros looks. That's important too, right? Um, I actually have a blue band on my Koros, which I really love. And the cool thing is, is when you use the code another, you can get an extra band at checkout. So I think they, I think you can choose your band color. Most of them come in black and then you can choose a different color to, to swap out. And I have that like light blue color that I really like. So many pros are wearing Koros, including the world record holder for the marathon, Kipchoge, Molly Seidel, Sally McRae, Camille Heron, Emily Infeld, so many pros. I think that Koros has really made a name for themselves because their data is accurate and their watches are easy to use. So if it's time to get a new watch, go to koros.com, use the code ANOTHER, and that'll get you a free extra accessory item with your purchase. So you go ahead and put that accessory item in your cart, and then at checkout, you'll enter the code ANOTHER, and that will get you the free item. All right, back to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about your college experience, and then also, like, because you mentioned you grew up swimming and so you didn't run till a little bit later you know comparative to other runners who might be running yeah. at your level so tell us about right. that part of your life I don't know I started swimming when I was yay big like seven years old like that was my entire life I thought that's what I was gonna do go to college do that um but when I was in high school I think tracks during the spring and so I swam through the winter or the fall, winter. And then when spring came along, I had a friend who's like, Oh, you should sign up for track. Like you'd be good at it. And, um, to this day, they take some credit of my running success. <laughs> it's awesome. kind of funny. Um, so because I was a 50 meter freestyler okay. was my predominant event. Um, I was just zero interest in distance swimming, zero interest in distance running. Um, so I just started running the 400 and the hurdles kind of interest interested me. And so I did that as well until I fractured both my feet. And then my coach <laughs> gave me the lovely idea that 300 meter hurdlers are really good 800 meter runners. <laughs> What truth does that hold? I don't know, but that's how she got me to run the 800 and I refused to run the mile. So I never ran it in high school. And then come my uh, junior year of high school is when I decided to run cross country, but it's at, during the same season as swimming. So I literally would go swim a race and then change and go run the cross country meet and then get back into my suit and go swim whatever final events I had. But I never prioritized cross country. It was still swimming. Like that was who I was in my high school cross country coach was the one who told me I should start looking 
at colleges to run. I didn't even know it was a thing. That's how much like I was so disconnected <laughs> in the running realm. So it was easy for me to choose to run in college because I lost both my parents in high school. Um, and so to me, I associated them too much with swimming and it hurt. And running brought me a new sense of, I don't know, it just became my therapy is really what it was. And so I ended up going to the University of Wisconsin Parkside, which is a small D2 school. And it's just funny to look back now because I was recruited as an 800 meter runner mm-hmm. and then um, had a great experience there. I didn't move up in distance until my junior year. I finally ran the 15 and the five and went well. And it wasn't until I think my fifth year, because I did my graduate studies there, that I decided to run the 10K. And it was literally, I don't know, weeks out from conference. I'm like, ah, I think I could qualify to nationals. Like, let's give it a go. And (laughs) jumped in it and then ran at conference and then followed up at nationals and just fell in love with the event, but it was too late Mm -hmm. because I was done with college. (laughs) So I think that's what kind of fuels a little bit of my 10 K passion post collegiately, because I never felt like I gave it a good go. So that's how then the last, I don't know, couple years have been just kind of focused focused on the 10 and had some fun running on the roads and yeah, a little bit of everything, I guess. Um, when your parents passed away, who did you live with? So my cousin took me in who is my godmother kind of, so you have that role. Um, but she was younger in her, at the time she was in her early thirties, I think with no kids. So she now had a 16 year old who's, you know, distraught, you know, world's completely crumbling. Um, She took me in and we, to say it nicely, butted heads Mm. and other family matters kind of got in the way and clouded that relationship and I ended up having a family friend their family took me in so that is now mom and dad and when I go back for the holidays um that's home now so yeah they're great people by the way like absolutely amazing I couldn't be where I am today if they didn't take me in at that time of my life (laughs) I just the things that a young woman walks through when she's 16 years old with parents and to walk through all the decision-making and emotions and life decisions you had to walk through without your parents, I truly cannot imagine. And as I speak to you today, I'm like, this woman sounds so independent and confident in who she is. And it's like so much of that has to come from 
probably what you experienced. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that definitely shaped me into who I am today, for sure. Um, so you go home, like when you go visit, you go do Christmas and, and everything with their family and. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's now mom and dad. And, um, I don't think I've missed a Christmas since I only lived there, I think for what, two, a year and a half, two years. And yeah, I don't know if they get annoyed at me coming home for all the holidays. No, I know. I I know they don't. (laughs) (laughs) They, they like flew out, saw me at the trials and stuff. And, um, I mean, all their kids are like brothers to me and, um, it's great. She's Mexican and he's Polish. And when they first got together, they used to go on dates with dictionaries. Like they're so (laughs) precious. They're absolutely precious. And when I go home for the holidays, it's the best of both worlds. Like she's an amazing cook and (laughs) it's literally anything you want out of both sides. Um, I eat so much when I'm home. (laughs) It's great. Is that, that's kind of like random since you're both of your parents are Polish and that he happens to be from Poland or is there like a big Poland immigrant community where you live? Huge community in Chicago and outside of Chicago. Okay. Um, I think the stat on that is there's, yeah, I think Chicago has the largest population of Polish people outside of Poland. Okay. Um, Cool. Well, what did you go to school for? Um, accounting and finance. And then I did my master's in business my fifth year. Okay. So did a little victory lap. Yeah. Is that coming in handy with your business? Are you learning? Are you using that? I mean, the sense of owning and managing your own business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part about owning and managing your own business? I mean, I guess you touched on it a little bit earlier, the flexibility, but then lack of at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) But being your own boss, essentially. Well, right. It's like once you've been your own boss, do you think you could ever go back? No, I did one like part-time finance job like a couple of years back. And um, I've just always worked for myself in some capacity. So for me to clock in, clock out, um, I don't see it being in my future. But sometimes the thought of that is really nice because work doesn't come home with you. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But like you're obviously really ambitious right now with your your business and your job and what you guys are doing. Do you see that like leveling out at all at some point? And I'm just saying that from like my own personal experience with like wanting to see my business go a certain way. It's like, I remember at the beginning I hustled so hard and now I'm just like, I can't even function that way anymore. Like the thought of working past 9 PM on a weekday, I'm like, no, I just, my brain doesn't work that way. So do you see that changing at all? So it has changed a little bit, um, because we do try to put our foot down for like working on weekends. Yeah. So that's a little bit of the setting the boundaries. Um, But also, yes, we're very much in the hustling phase a little bit still. But we also just took on like one of the biggest brokerages here in town. So our schedule doubled overnight. Mm. And we are trying to make it work. Are you hiring people? 
Not currently. Yeah. Because some of our success has come from the fact that you always get us. Mm-hmm. Because one of the biggest complaints from agents is there's other real estate photography companies here in town that predominantly only do real estate, but you never know who you're going to get. Are you going to get the owner of the company or are you going to get, you know, the college kid that they just hired that unfortunately might not be as good, Yeah, you know? And so we've kind of built our business on the complaints of other agents that they had with their previous photographers. So I would love to hire on another photographer, uh, like another team and teach him to tee. Like this is how it has to be done. These are the standards and go from there. But um, right now we're managing and we also do have an editor Mm. uh, that we work with. So it's a team of three of us currently. Well, you know, it sounds like you really have, like put so much time and energy into your work and then running is like also work. And I'm curious how you balance those goals and how you decide like when to go all in on running, when to pull back the reins a little bit and what that looks like. I think it's more so being flexible Hmm. because I mean, all throughout the year, I would say I'm just as motivated as I am, you know, going into the final buildup of whatever race, but you need to be realistic with yourself and you have to give yourself a little grace, right? Like there are days I'll, I'll tell you leading up to twin cities where first thing that go out the window is doing core or strength work. Cause I just don't have the time. And I, I wish I had more hours in a day and sometimes I I just don't and I try to fit it in where where I can but I'm definitely all in on both my career and running that I don't think it's really a trade-off one way or another it's just a balancing act really you want both fully yeah I wish I could you know, you always dream about like just being a professional athlete and eat, sleep, train and run, you know, but at the same time, I feel like I'm so fulfilled in my life with my career and all the time and effort that I put into this that I don't think I'd ever, if that ever opportunity presented itself, I I still think I would do both. Maybe, you know, (laughs) set limits a little bit better with my agent, but... (laughs) But I would make it work. Yeah. What about your boyfriend, though? Like, does he have something that he's separately super passionate about, like you are with running? Supporting me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What does that look like? Like, yeah, does he bike, bike on your long runs and things like that? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes he'll bike. Um, but it's more so, you know, picking up a slack where, like, I don't know. Like at least work-wise, right? He'll mm-hmm. pick up and do a little bit more in that realm so that I can maybe be a little bit less stressed or things of that nature, you know? But also he'll bike anytime I ask him to bike with me. So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. I'm so grateful to have them on board for the podcast. Inside Tracker was created by leading scientists in aging genetics, biometrics, and Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and 
fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you are not. We put so much time and energy into running or whatever it is you personally are passionate about. And I just think to be able to know what your levels are, especially for your iron and things like that, it's key. So with Inside Tracker, they will take your blood panel and then they will give you those results and give you an ultra personalized performance system that analyzes all the data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and it will help you learn how to optimize your body and reach your goals. For a limited time, you can receive 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you go to insidetracker.com slash another. If you go to that exact landing page, that should automatically apply the 20%. If that's not working, just use the code another and that will get you 20% off. So now that you've run the 233, what is your next big goal? Uh, run another marathon this spring and hopefully run a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what you're running or are you not announcing that yet? I don't know yet. Yeah, we're working on it. Okay, and so we'll you see. you were running with some support from Tracksmith. Are you still running with yeah. Tracksmith? I am. Okay, what does that look like? It's great. They have a great bunch of people over there and, um, you know, Nick Willis does a great job communicating with the athletes and a couple of other teammates and or team members, sorry. And it's just a great company really. Um, and everything that they stand for and just the whole amateur for the love of it really is it's a cool concept. Well, yeah, more than a concept, just what you base your company off of. And yeah, they're great. And just all the support they gave us through like the trials at Eugene was awesome. And yeah. Do you think, like, are you fully marathoner now? Like, do you think that, do you want to hit some 10Ks and run on the track anymore? I do, but my coach is kind of pushing me more as a marathon route. Really? Which I'm grateful for because obviously this one went well. But I just, I'd like to run a little bit quicker in the 10k I have some goals goals on the track and it's it's fun it's different than a marathon where you have so many more variables whether it's mm -hmm. fueling you know, weather plays a bigger factor into it um I mean it's just a lot more time on your feet but I will say I now feel like I'm more of a marathoner and I'm excited to get into the next marathon training block. So however that plays out and if my feelings change towards the 10K, I will see, right? One day at a time or one one training block at a time. <laughs> what um, what fuel do you use? Uh, Martin. Or that's what I used for my marathon, yeah. And you liked – did you use that in Chicago too? I know Chicago wasn't like – I did. Okay. But honestly, I – beyond like grateful that both fueling experiences went like there was no hiccups okay. not one bit like took down all my fluids gels went fine like yeah can't complain one bit um yeah so the Chicago thing then wasn't a fueling thing it was like a heat thing and no. just a first time marathon thing yeah and how and the sick just yeah you're sick breathing 
Yeah. You weren't and ready. So I wasn't ready. And the buildup just wasn't long enough. I thought it would be okay. And it just wasn't. That's okay. So you've had the health setback. You had a big injury in 2017. What is your message to someone walking through those things that want to see that future 233 or whatever that number is for them or first place at Twin Cities? Sure. Whatever their first place is. Keep going after your goals as long as you still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have to make sure that your motivation, regardless of the outcome, is because you love it. That's good. Um, all right. Well, I'm excited to see what you end up running for your spring marathon. Yeah, there, there are options. So we'll see which um, direction we go down. But I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm definitely riding the high of Twin Cities right now. <laughs> you should be. Um, well, what's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Hmm. I just want to spend, have more time to spend like traveling a little bit more, you know, like I, I, I get it. It's not conducive with training, but in between blocks, like, I don't know. It's so stupid. I've lived here for in Colorado for, I don't know, five years now, not even, I, I don't know when I got here, but anyways, like I've always wanted to do some of the iconic hikes here. Like it's, it's something so small, but it's just a goal of mine to do hopefully sooner than later. And, um, when it comes to professionally, it's fun when you get published and I, I had a couple images get published and I think moving forward, it'd be awesome to see a few more and it, it just validates all your hard work. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Um, did you guys move to Colorado for training purposes? Yeah, we did. And um, I trained out here in 2015 for a, a short little period. And I fell in love with the area. I, I don't know how you don't. And uh, the community down here is great. And so that's how I ended up in Colorado Springs. Um, okay, I'm not going to ask you about books. Or TV shows. <laughs> what about, what about, I always, I do love getting the culture side of like what you like to do in though. Do you, do you like music? I do. Um, gosh, I used to go to concerts all the time before and now I don't. Get one, get one on your calendar. Make it happen. I know. Like, I'd still love to see the Lumineers. Like, I've never seen them and they're probably one of my favorite bands. I love the Lumineers. You know, they came here. And I don't know why I didn't go. It was so dumb. <laughs> and like their opener was camp. And I at first didn't know who that okay. was. And then I looked them up because I saw they were coming here. And I was like, oh, I know like, I don't know, six or seven of their songs. Like I hear it all the time. I just didn't oh, sure. know the band to the name. But I'm yeah. so disappointed in myself. I just I think it was like on a Tuesday night. And I was like, I don't want to go to a concert on a Tuesday. And I should have gone to the concert, though. <laughs> Well, now next time, right? Yeah. So you There's go too. Next time. If they come to Colorado, you go. I know. Oh, I they were recently. They were at the Red Rocks. I know. And I still haven't gone there. 
You had your opportunity. Weren't they there like a month ago? Probably. They were. I've been honestly so swamped with work to even find time. Oh, by the way, my house is like under renovation. So (sighs) any free time that I have is trying to focus it on the house, which has been, it's been a long time trying to complete that project. Are you doing Uh, it? Are you doing the renovation? Yeah, we are. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Like, do you, you know how to like tile and do random stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. So my boyfriend, his family, um, has a whole background in it and, you know, they built their house, like they're, um, up North, like second home in Wisconsin and it's like beautiful. And yeah, my boyfriend has a background in it. So we're doing everything, but it's a matter of finding the time. (laughs) Totally. And like our house actually flooded. And so we had a pipe burst. So we unintentionally are renovating. (laughs) Oh, okay. You're getting some upgrades unintentionally. Yes, but it's once it's all done, we're we're down to the final pieces of literally just the backsplash and um, the range hood. So this is the, the kitchen last thing. Two items. Yeah. So I mean, everything's functional, but um, we're so close. So does he like teach you things? Like you want to get in there and roll up your sleeves and get in on it too? And he's like teaches you how to do things. Yeah, yeah, he does. And then also my family. Um, used to manage some apartments and stuff. So I grew up as a little kid, like painting the walls and, you know, doing some of the easier stuff at that time. So I was always exposed to it growing up. Okay. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Yeah. All right. Do you have someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? (laughs) I don't. It's okay. We can pass. I have a funny story though. Okay, tell like, um, so like growing up, I've never done like the, who do you look up to or who are you inspired by? I just, I'm very much, uh, I want to be the best, best version of me. Right. And whatever that becomes, that that's what motivates me. Like, yes, there are phenomenal people all around the world in their career fields or athletics or whatever it is, but I just never, had that, um, I don't know, like feeling of looking up to someone or desire to. Mm -hmm. And so since I got into running a little bit later, um, I think I was a freshman in college. We went to Mount Zach, a pretty big race. And I'm sitting in the stands and my teammates like, Hey, Hey, there's Ryan Hall, like literally feet away. I'm like, who's Ryan Hall. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how embarrassing, like, (laughs) and everybody in the stands just turns around at me and like, gives me the death stare. Like what? Like the American record holder, like, how do you, what? Like, how do you not know this? And then the next day, you know, I run past Sarah and I'm, and my friends are like, Oh, Oh, Sarah, that's Sarah. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I mean, obviously now I'm like way far more like, you know, in the sport. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And like, you know, these people are like, some people are now my friends and like, whatever. Uh, But it's just uh, when 
asked, like, who do I want to sit down with and like have a cocktail or coffee? I'm just like, you know, to me, people are people and they're just, they're just like you and me. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't know, glamorize. Yeah. (laughs) No, I totally get that. And I think there's something to be said for that, like living your life and not like obsessively, like watching what everybody else is doing. Yeah. I mean, like, of course I love, you know, seeing what's happening in the sport, obviously, like Emily Sisson just ran phenomenal. Right. Um, so that's super cool. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just like, if I could honestly like sit down and have a conversation with my mom, I would love that. Mm -hmm. You know, if she could come back and those are things that, you know, when I asked a question like that, or like if my dad was still around, like, those that means a lot to me I imagine I wondered if that would have been your answer yeah well in a go-around way yeah Yeah, it is my answer (laughs) what's your last message to leave with the audience today Hmm. gosh maybe your life just take it one day at a time whatever it is whether athletics your career um we live in a world where tomorrow's not guaranteed. And as long as you can live a filled life, whatever that means to you, do it and try not to have any regrets. Or if you do learn from them and give 110% to whatever you're passionate about. And I mean, I don't think anyone could then say you didn't live a fulfilled life. Thank you, Jessica. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on the podcast. Congratulations on your recent successes. You all can find Jessica on Instagram. She is Jessica Watachowitz. So that's W-A-T-Y-C-H-O-W-I-C-Z. You can find me on social media. I am LindsayHine626 on Twitter. I'm at LindsayHine. And we have a great Facebook group. I'd love to have you join. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. If you have any questions about the running community or races or anything at all, that is a great place, a great community to come ask questions. There's always people willing to chime in and give their thoughts and helpful opinions. And it is a very non-judgmental, positive place. Thank you, Inside Tracker, Gooder, and Koros for supporting this podcast. Links to all of our sponsors, everything Jessica and I talked about are in the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com. You can sign up for our newsletter on the website as well so that these show notes can just be directly sent to your inbox so that if there's something in the episode you wanted to remember, it'll just show up in your inbox like a book we talked about or anything at all. Um, To learn more about this podcast network, just go to sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next week on All Have Another Podcast.